All right, testing, testing. I'm Ben. I'm Brando. And this is... The Dose. Nice, dude. I think it's recording. Nice. All right, was that our intro? Yep, that was our intro. Okay, we're going to keep that? Yeah, we're going to keep it. All right, perfect, perfect. Well, let's get this thing going. Um, I'm Brando, and uh, welcome to The Dose. This is our first podcast together. I got Ben with me. Say what's up. What's up, guys? What's going on? This is mostly for one of our friends who's currently driving right now to Montana. Yeah, we're about to send it to him. Uh, his name's Jenner. Shout out Jenner He's right now. a good now. friend and business partner. And business partner. I'm glad we established that in yeah. the beginning this time. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's making the drive from uh, Orange County to Montana. It's about 17 hours. He's doing it alone. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to give Jenner and you listeners, you know, some updates on, uh, you know, what's going on in uh, our lives regarding business, what's going on in the business community and environment, um, you know, regarding some of like the big companies and, you know, what they're doing uh in the business world. That's perfect, that was a perfect intro. So uh, just so you know, we're kind of doing this from our perspective based on experience. You know, We're not trying to be uh, these like business gurus. We're just actually gonna document what we go through on a weekly basis um, for this community, if it ever gets there. For now, it's for <laughs> Jenner and a couple of our friends. But uh, we'll stick with that for now. Um, if you guys wanna hear more about business, Uh, We're going to be focusing on emerging technology because I feel like we kind of have two sides to the equation here. What's your side? My side is uh, I'm a current college student at Chapman University, business major, uh, majoring in finance, um, you know, co-founded Altitude University, which we'll talk about in a little bit uh, with Brandon here and actually Jenner, shout out Jenner. Um, And, you know, I've kind of lived the life of a college student and a business owner at the same time. Um, and kind of, you know, seeing the roadblocks and, you know, the successes that come with, um, you know, having to manage time, uh, you know, while doing an array of different activities, um, you know, just trying to learn and, you know, grow personally and, um, you know, become the best version of myself. And, you know, Brando has a completely different story from me. And, uh, you know, we connected, what, a year two, three years ago? It's been three, a long time three years. It's been a little too long since we've uh, we've been living together. But, uh, yeah, he's got a whole different story I'll share with you uh, right here. Yeah, so basically, I mean, I have the complete polar opposite. Um, I started a company in high school with a good friend of ours, Miles Arnold. Shout out Miles right now. Shout out Miles. He's Miles, listening. Yeah, Miles will be listening. We'll send it to him. We'll send it to him first, actually. Um, but you know, this is, uh, this is kind of the, the journey of my side, which is the entrepreneurial mindset. I mean, uh, you know, from high school, I, you know, was going to play lacrosse in college. I got recruited to play lacrosse for another four years. I played at a very high level in high school. And I think that kind of shaped, you know, my ability to hustle. Um, and I, I just didn't feel like getting beat up and, you know, going and playing a super physical contact sport for another four years, um, was my path. So, you know, I started uh, Altitude Aerial Media with Miles in high school at Torrey Pines High School out of San Diego. TP. TP. Shout out, uh, shout out TP there. Yeah. So, um, and then and then basically I went to Loyola University of Chicago um, for a little while, dropped out and uh, started Altitude Aerial Services, um, which, you know, you guys will kind of figure out a little bit more about us as we go through this. Um, you know, I don't want to put fake credibility where, it, you know, it, is, it isn't. We're, we're young entrepreneurs and, you know, we're going to talk about stuff based on experience, based on, you know, failures and, uh, you know, how we learn from them. We're constantly adapting. So I think that's going to be kind of the uh, the general consensus of the podcast. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, just while we're on our backgrounds, uh, I feel like you left out, you know, kind of a key aspect of, you know, your journey and you had that 
experience at Doctable as well, yeah. um, which taught you a lot um, of what you were able to apply to Altitude. Um, you know, I'm currently working at Experian as well. You know, Jenna, our third team members, you know, doing a lot of stuff for a marketing company. And at the same time, we've been able to grow uh, this altitude business um, pretty rapidly and uh, have some growth in the drone technology market. Yeah, it, it's really it's really twenty four seven, and I think that you know our, our main focus is Altitude University now. Um, but you know we're working on a lot of different stuff. Uh, you know we're kind of versatile with um, you know what we all specialize in. You know what I mean? So you know we have a we have a great diverse you know, team. Diverse team. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We all kind of have some input, which is awesome. Which I think this is why. The podcast podcast is gonna be fun because you got Ben over here at one of the best schools in you know on the West Coast here, and you know I um, am from a you know a polar opposite, like I mentioned, which is this you know dropout hustle, uh, you know entrepreneurial mindset. So you know I'm sure we're gonna get into some controversial topics on you know where businesses are headed and uh, what their business model is doing, who's you know the founders of the company and what you know what their background is. So I think we should get right into it. What's the first, I think what's what's the uh, what's the background of this? So we're gonna start with a news article, right? Yeah. So this is emerging technology. This is stuff that's happening right now. If you're listening to this, it's probably pretty cool. It's gonna be interesting. We're not gonna pick you know shit that's not gonna be interesting to hear about. Like vegan hamburgers. Dude. Yes, we're not gonna be talking about. We did talk about. Should we tell? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 This is uh, this is kind of our. Um, input on things that are happening right now. So what's happening? Start us off. What's happening right now? Yeah. So let's talk about Amazon. I love Amazon. Amazon's cool, man. Do you have Prime? Yeah, I got Prime. Okay. Yeah. One day shipping. Yeah. Streaming. Unmarked cars. Unmarked cars. They got unmarked cars. We might talk about that a little bit later. What's your experience with that real quick? All right. Like I was just home, you know, doing my thing, chilling and a random car I think it's a Toyota Camry comes up and drops off my. Did you package. see it on your Ring doorbell? We have a Ring doorbell here, yeah. so Ben has a live feed of what's going on outside of yeah, our so house. Yeah, so I saw all this time. from the comfort of my bed. Shout out Ring, um, and billion dollar company acquired, yeah. acquired by Amazon. This is fat. Oh wow! Yeah, a lot, lot of pieces coming together here. Yeah, um, but basically, a random car dropped off my package and left. Um, I was just kind of shocked because you know we're used to like that traditional like. UPS truck or FedEx truck, you know, dropping off your package, um, but it was a random car. So I just thought that was a super interesting business model that sounds like they kind of took like an Uber approach to delivery service to get you your products in sometimes less than 24 hours. And sometimes in unmarked vehicles. Yeah. Sometimes it's too much to bring, bring that big uh, brown truck in front of your front door. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought that was super interesting. I don't know if you guys have had that experience. Um, you know, but it definitely sparked curiosity in my mind as to, you know, how they're uh, managing to, you know, get packages out so quickly in the market. And that's their biggest competitive advantage. And what are they making now? They're making toys. Okay. Private labeled toys. Let's talk a little bit about that. What do you think it's going to do? You think it's going to kill off the toy stores? I don't know. I mean, we know about Toys R Us. They filed bankruptcy in uh, September. Uh, that was, I like Toys R Us when I was little. Like that was a, that was a spot, but like. Do you have some experiences in Toys R Us? Um, I feel like everyone did. I feel like we were in there. I feel like it felt like hours. Every time we went to Toys R Us, it was like I was in there for like four days. Yeah, just like riding bikes and <laughs> yeah. shit. It's like, like Vegas for little people. Playing with lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It is like Vegas for a yeah, little child. Exactly. I exactly. totally agree with you. So I guess what we're looking at here, how the story starts is basically Amazon is uh, private labeling toys. That's a big reason why Toys R Us um, left the industry or went out of business. So 
You know, right now, what private labeling means is it basically is taking a product or service um, that is typically manufactured or provided by a company, and they private label the goods uh, like Kirkland, Costco. You know, that's it. That's Trader a Joe's. Ex- Trader Joe's, exactly. So all those products that were sold by, you know, a multitude of other distributors now is under one roof because they feel like they can sell it a lot better. So, you know, that's that's kind of a big... That's a big touching point for what they're doing with toys because they chose a certain number of toys and they're private labeling them. They're sending them off to, um, you know, these households of people that are buying them and they have the Amazon sticker and logo right on it. Yeah. So it's the Amazon basics brand. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen that, you know, all over. It's their, their markdown items um, or they're, they're, it's their house brand. So they're cheaper. Um, but it's interesting because they don't actually make them. They just slap their label on them like you were just saying. Um, so it's kind of that white label approach. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it kind of starts like every other um, thing that Amazon has gotten into. Basically, what happens is Amazon targets an industry. So that's our dog running through the back door. Yeah, he's pretty big. <laughs> we got a big dog. Yeah. Shout out to Ash right now. Yeah, so basically what it is, is it's basically Amazon targets an industry and then they undercut existing sellers until they fold, like Toys R Us, you know, going out of business. It's, you know, it's sad to sad to hear, but, you know, Amazon has targeted them, undercut the existing sellers, and then they add the leftovers from Toys R Us into its own marketplace. Can you believe that? Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely something to think about, even when starting your own business. It's like, well, you know, if I tap into this and it's successful, how can I protect myself and you got like giants out there like Amazon, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, this has happened to Borders, what, uh, Tower Records, Circuit City, I mean, Sears. This has happened to a lot of people. I'm surprised Best Buy is still in, in business. I think a lot of stores actually closed this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, Sears, yeah. Sears, we saw Sears. I yeah. saw Sears go down. Yeah, dude. yeah. Like literally, I saw the store close. They're broken hearted and empty carded. <laughs> nice, dude. That was a good one. That was awesome. The Lego tables have turned. Thank you for that, dude. What do you think? Like, what do you like actually think? Like toy stores, like, cause like there's like a little little toy store shop in Orange that um, shout out Jenner again. He got kicked out of. But like, <laughs> but like, but like, what are like, like how are they gonna evolve? I think they have to add to the marketplace. They have to add their uh, their products to the Amazon marketplace, and they need to they need to get into the e-commerce space. You know, e-commerce is a big part of this because it's taking that retail aspect out of the equation and going basically online and selling all their products and services online, um, which they can do. You know what I mean? If they were to take the uh, the money they're spending right now. Um, to lease, you know, the the huge, huge square foot, you know, whatever retail, uh, you know, store they're in and applied that towards Facebook ads or, you know, you're familiar with Google AdWords. There's, you know, there's a lot that you can do to kind of shift that inventory online. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of taking a different approach just in my okay. thought process. Let's of, hear it. Of, for Toys R Us in such a big store, like I would, you know, go online or you're going to get eaten alive, which we saw happen basically live this year. Um, but I was, you know, when I brought up that question, thinking more of, um, you know, those smaller boutique toy stores, okay. um, which I think will have to evolve in store um, and create, you know, in store digital experiences that actually have those kids Ooh. say, hey, parents, take me here. Yeah. Um, you know, because if they want to live, yeah. it's hard to compete online. But if they can, you know, figure out like a digital experience in the store, um, 
or like, you know, a reason of entertainment to actually visit that store and, you know, check out these different toy items. And, you know, I think that's uh, something that they're going to have to figure out. And I don't know enough to probably keep talking about. Well, on. the kids are the ru- the real consumers here, not the actual yeah. parents that are paying for this. Yeah. Even back to Amazon, I heard a story the other day of a, a kid or it was a little girl and she ordered off of Amazon by talking to the Alexa. Really? And she's like, I want this, this and this. And Alexa ordered it. <laughs> And the mom's like, I didn't order this shit. And, and they, the mom ended up laughing and the dad got mad because she yeah. let it fly, but she ended up keeping all of her toys. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, Alexa's my best friend, so and I wouldn't doubt Alexa's ordering some stuff to my house right now. But I, I think it's kind of, you know, it's unique in how this stuff is evolving. I think, you know, we're going to talk a lot about uh, emerging technology, like I mentioned on, on this podcast. And one of them that I see... Um, this Amazon realm kind of shifting towards is voice. You know, right now we're kind of limited in accessibility to how quickly um, our thumbs can type right now, which is crazy to think about because we have the connectivity with 5G coming out. You know, you're going to be able to host multiple devices under the same roof here. And what's crazy is you know, it, it, it all limits the ability to, you know, type in what you want to order or, you know, how quickly you can put your address in the Amazon add to cart feature. You know, it, there's a lot of things that like that, you know, little girl did, you know, when she was ordering toys, you know, imagine if everyone was connected like that through voice. So I, I think, you know, a lot of devices that can add to a smart household or can make the experience a little bit better. I think Amazon for sure is going in that direction. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, their whole value proposition since day one has been, you know, efficiency, getting you the product as fast as possible. And that's all they focused on. Yeah. Um, and when they're integrating into your home where you eat, sleep and breathe um, and, you know, they want to come out with smart refrigerators gonna, that are going to order products, you know, they're partnered with Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Um, they yeah, they're acquired gonna, Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. What, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, they crazy. acquired Whole Foods this year. Um, they're just going to have a, you know, your life will probably be, you know, a good percentage of Amazon products auto delivering to you without you even knowing that you need it within the next five or 10 years. Exactly. So some, some are going to survive. What are the toy stores survivors going to look like? We don't know. Let's uh, shift a little bit here towards Amazon's headquarters. So we're going to talk. I mean, I, I think the theme here is Amazon. There's a lot to talk about with them, but uh, they're, they were looking for a new HQ. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So they put out a bid um, earlier last year, earlier in the year, actually, um, where they're in search of a new HQ. Uh, but what happened was, is they actually didn't choose a winner. What happened was a, a lot of states in the United States put in a bid or an RFP, which is um, a request for a proposal, or basically they sent in an application to say, I want Amazon's headquarters based in my state. Why do you think they would want to do that? Why would you think someone would want an Amazon HQ, you know, in California? Yeah, well, I'm sure some people don't. Yeah, um, that's a, yeah, that's true. That's but true. the state, uh, the state I'm sure does, because Amazon promised 50,000 jobs. Are you serious? 50,000. For this one? Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a lot that's a lot of, of for jobs. one or for, I guess for two headquarters twenty five thousand yeah. jobs in two cities one company. Okay, from a totally rudimentary perspective, imagine how many more Uber rides to work they're gonna right? be. Then Uber's stoked, right? Like, stoked in that city for sure. And exactly. Like, local restaurants are gonna be selling more sandwiches. You know, like, yeah, like there's all this, a lot to this. All this stuff, like the local, you know, everything that you do in a city is going to be increased by twenty five thousand people in each city. Exactly. Um, so they all really wanted this. 
Um, I guess Amazon decided. But what happened? They didn't choose one. They actually chose two. What were the two different uh, areas that they chose? It was New York and D.C. It was, huh? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So they chose two. Basically, there wasn't one winner. Kind of, you know, it's two separate offices, too, uh, which was a total PR, you know, you know, it was a, it was a total PR move. It, it was just, you know, so much competition, 50,000 jobs, 5 billion in direct construction investment. I think uh, somewhere over 6 billion in economic boost for whatever state they chose. And then they inspired 238 cities basically to submit these proposals. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. like, that's just a great marketing strategy. Exactly. It's a PR, it's PR, big big baller moves by Amazon. That's why they're a trillion dollar company, you yeah. know? It's insane. They, big have, they already have 13 offices across the United States. Where at? Uh, U.S., Detroit, Michigan, Tempe, Arizona. Wow. Um, that's the competition just, right that there. That wasn't 13. That was about four. But uh, they got some more states. And, um, so I, what, do you think these, what do you think these headquarters look like? I mean, like, when you're in these places, you walk in. First of all, you know, we wouldn't even be allowed to yeah. walk into these places. <laughs> <laughs> right. But what do they you had think a problem it, with people flying drones over their campus. I mean, I, no, maybe that was that Apple. Was Apple. That, that was, was Apple. Apple campus. Same yeah. thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think it looks like when you walk in? It depends. Like, I mean, they got the business side of it. Hopefully, okay. like, they're, like, sick offices, like, collaborative office spaces with, like, you know, kind of how Google does it. You know, I don't know, but I could probably tell you their manufacturing web, like, locations First of all, I've actually seen one from the outside. The thing is, like, it's miles long. It's a unit. It's it's a fucking <laughs> unit, bro. Like, you're driving past it for multiple like minutes. It's, yeah. It's it's miles. Yeah. And from like from a business standpoint, that's incredible. And I bet you they probably have like the sexiest warehouse you know any worker could ask for. Yeah. And and the other thing too, I mean, these headquarters are going to be crazy if you're an Amazon employee because I've heard they have like cocktail bars. They have a soul cycle. Have you ever been to Soul Cycle? I haven't. I'll tell you a quick story about Soul Cycle. All right. So Soul Cycle, it might have been the Peloton. It's a pe- your dad has a Peloton. My right? dad does have a Peloton. Used it. Have you tried it? I did try it. It was pretty good. Um, they get you off your ass. Really? Yeah. No, like it feels like you're in a class. They don't get you in a different room, but they get you off your ass. Peloton. We should do a podcast on Peloton. We should do a Peloton tour to business model. Tour to Peloton. Tour to Tom. <laughs> tour to Tom. Tour to Tom's. Tour to yeah, Tom's. Tour to Tom's. Ben and Brando on the tour to Tom's. But you know, there's I, I you know basically what happened was I think it was with Peloton um, when they were creating the business model. First of all. Incredible We're business. We're talking about Peloton now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But it, right. it relates to SoulCycle a little bit. I'll All tell right. you why. All right. So what happened was is the founder of uh, Peloton basically was a um, an avid soul cycler. Or I don't know what you call them. What do you think you call them? <laughs> Are they soul cyclers? I don't know. You can't even buy a membership, first of all. Yeah, you're, you're no subscription. No subscription. You just pay like 25, 35 bucks a class. Yeah. And all the classes are booked. Oh, like from is it, a, is it a fad? Is it? Dude, don't <laughs> Do we fire got... <laughs> question back at me, dude. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I, it might be. I okay. think it might be. Uh, yeah, maybe Peloton's the next the next big thing here. That's that our a, dog. Yeah, he's a, again. he's a unit as well. Yeah. So I, you know, basically the story. I'll make it quick, but basically, I think the the founder of Peloton was trying to come up with um, these different rides. You know, there's different stages. There's hills. There's competitions. There's a lot to it. So. You know, basically, he went into the Soul Cycle classes, and he was actually writing down, you know, the the full 
Genius. Um, yeah, yeah. He was writing down the full class, taking notes on the class, and then he went out to Peloton and actually started um, implementing these classes into his business model, which was crazy. He got kicked out of a couple Soul Cycles. He's no longer a Soul Cycler, <laughs> but um, you know, pretty crazy. You know, you take business models, which one you pay for the Peloton, and you also pay for what else? The you shoes. Know? The shoes. And, and you then, pay a monthly subscription. And you pay the monthly subscription. The bike alone is like three grand. Yeah. Right? And so they make money basically as a product, which is the bike. And then as a service, which is your subscription. 40 bucks a month. $40? $40. Wow. I guess that's one soul cycle class. Yeah. So, I mean, how long until you pay off the bike? It's probably worth it. If you're like a if you're like a diehard soul cyclist, yeah. like searching for your soul, like add cop a Peloton. Yeah. But um, other than that... Like it's a pretty pretty solid business model. Yeah, you gotta buy the shoes. They're a hundred bucks. You think the Amazon HQ is gonna put a bunch of Pelotons in there For because they're figuring out it's a better uh, business model than SoulCycle? If they can figure <laughs> out how to generate some electricity for them, they might. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Anyway, so trillion dollar company we're talking about. If you know, if this kind of company can't attract tech people to you know uh, a tech hub. Like San Francisco does, you know, a lot of the businesses in San Francisco, you know, does. I, I you know, it's going to be hard for any other tech company to try to bring people to a region like Tempe, Arizona, or you know, anywhere else in the United States. But basically, I, I think the walk away with this is that, <clears throat> you know, you got two HQs now. First of all, it's a huge tax benefit for both cities, but yep. it's it's just something that is going to add to the overall tech scene. It's going to continue to promote business, entrepreneurship, um, emerging technology. They're going to come out with a lot of cool stuff in there. So, yeah, did we mention the the talent in the two different cities? No, we didn't. So yes, that's actually something that we learned about um, in our startup experience at Altitude. Is we had a mentor <clears throat> who wanted to uh, to get us an office and. Um, you know, he was talking about how we need to be um, smart in our decision-making process of where the office is going to be located. Yeah. And, you know, as young 20-year-old entrepreneurs, that's something that never would have crossed our mind because you want to attract the talent. Um, and then you have to geographically identify where that talent lives. So that was something that Amazon did. And probably a large reason they broke up into two cities yeah. is to have two talent. Attract pools. talent. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just like a learning lesson within itself. If you ever want to start a business in a certain location and you're looking to hire, um, you might even have to relocate um, to find the talent that you're looking for. Yeah. Let's talk about YouTube here because this is a nice transition into YouTube. Speaking of talent, this person has absolutely no talent. It's a seven-year-old child. <laughs> Do you want to tell them a little bit about this kid? Yeah. So basically... Seven-year-old. What's his name? Ryan? Yeah, I think it's Ryan's Toys Review is his channel. Have you heard of him? I, like other, I've heard of Jake than, Paul. I haven't heard of like, I haven't heard of Ryan Toys Reviews. Yeah, so I guess he's uh, the highest YouTube earner of 2018. Oh, my God. Guess. How much? Guess. Don't even tell me. Guess. It's going to make me feel so bad about myself. How much did he make? 22 mil. 22 mil. Of that sweet, sweet cash. <laughs> Jeez. That's a oh my fuck God. ton of money for is a he, seven-year-old. Is he? Uh, he should buy Toys R Us. He should. <laughs> <laughs> he should private label. No, I think he is actually. What's is he doing? I, I heard he made his own action figure. It's it's a classic seven-year-old thing. Basically, if you got a couple million dollars, you're gonna make an action figure. Damn. And do you know anything about unboxing? This is what he does. Yeah. So I guess he makes unboxing videos on YouTube, um, and. I don't know exactly what he unboxes. 
It's um, like toys. It's yeah. just like toys reviews. It's so, like a review of toys. It's like so his, toy. his target demographic must be like, like kids. Th- yeah, so kids. That's what we were just this, talking this, this about. This is why kids are not he going should, to Toys R Us. It's because they're should. sitting at home watching fucking Ryan and his action figure <laughs> opening boxes. The Toys R Us should have acquired this kid. <laughs> First of all, he should tell all of his, fo- his subscribers that they should right now call Alexa... <laughs> Grab Alexa and order his action figure. <laughs> right? Every seven-year-old, yeah, yeah no you should doubt. be like, "Hey, you know, Charlie out there, I know you're sitting there watching my toy review. I want you to hit up Alexa right now and order my action figure. Just say the words. Say the or words. Or turn this up really loudly. Yeah, and it'll <laughs> order for you. He's like, Alexa, order my action figure. That is awesome. That's, That's crazy. crazy. So he he eclipsed Jake Paul, Logan Paul, all the other stars that you know we kind of follow here and there. Um, just to kind of see what they're up to, but so I think he had a video in a weekend that snagged more than 1.5 million views. One weekend. In a weekend. What did you do this weekend? Do you really? Want to <laughs> no, I don't. Let's move on. There's a couple. You know, it's pretty crazy because one, you know, a lot of these guys, he does have an action figure. That's a great, you know, product for him, right? But he makes his money off of ads. He makes his money off of ad spend. And um, he basically is creating an environment and a community of kids and families that, you know, are focused towards continuing to buy a specific type of toys, brand of toys. When he does these unboxing videos, he creates a lifestyle out of this toy. So, you know, it's very compelling. You know, it's, it's pretty crazy to think about. But um, I, I think that in the future here, we're going to see a lot more people utilizing this space because the bar is set pretty low. Would you agree? What do you mean? The bar for just anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this kid has, like, think about it. Like, he's seven years old. YouTube's been around for however many years now. So what, did he start with this when he was two? No. So, okay, if he just recently started this and he's talking about toys, yeah. making $22 million Dollars. Just so you know, twenty one million came from ad dollars, ads like him. So he made like a mill on action figures. Uh, yes, exactly. So it's all it's it's all it's all ad dollars, yeah. advertisements. That's crazy. That seven year old can figure that out. That's crazy. Do you think his parents are pretty uh, pretty strict? <laughs> I don't know. You, you think, think he even like, goes to school at this a point? Cool car and he can't even drive it. He's got probably a bunch of cool toy cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be an interesting life, man. Seven yeah, he's a old. mini mogul. You know what I'm saying? But you could never mind. All right, we'll talk about influencers now. What? So he's an influencer. You know, as, as whether you like it or not, him and Jake Paul are both influencers. Hopefully, he's a little bit more ethical than Jake Paul. But you know, there's there's something going on right now with Payless. Have you heard about this? Yeah, the shoes. And yes, the, they did like a marketing stunt. Okay. This was I heard about this and I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, basically, they created a fake luxury brand. Um, Payless did. Yeah. So like, you guys know Payless. It's like those like what twenty dollars shoes. I don't know. I think they're. I think. I, they're, I don't think I've ever been there, but they're just. I guess their value prop is like a almost like a Walmart shoe. Probably affordable shoes. Yeah. 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 yeah affordable shoes. They're definitely not luxury. You yeah, know, luxury, luxury brand. So, so that's why this is crazy. So I guess they cost thirty five dollars. Payless shoes cost on average thirty five dollars. Okay. What they did was they created a fake luxury brand. I think they rented out an old. Uh, old what was it uh the warehouse uh just like some old it's like a, not it, alfani what armani palessi no what was that <laughs> armani, <laughs> too funny um i think it was in our old armani store 
and yeah, basically Santa Monica actually threw yeah. up a fake website, I guess a real website. What, with like an Italian sounding name? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. And they sold, they advertised their shoes, exact same shoes, for $650. Oh my God. This, that $30 shoe? $35 shoe. Retail, $35? For six fifty. Oh my gosh! Tell What's that? Eighteen hundred percent markup. Oh Jesus! So they're selling these. Tell Who are what, they selling it tell to? Tell them what happened, dude. Okay. Tell them what happened. I know a little bit about this. So eighty influencers showed up to this thing with literally. They did invite. They went all the way. It was like red carpet, like invite only, and they bought three thousand dollars worth of shoes in the first three hours. The influencers did. Yeah. Sophisticated style, man. High quality material. Um, but basically they found uh, a bunch of social media influencers that were willing to kind of, uh, repost and share these luxury shoe, luxury pay less shoes with their community. And they put out a couple commercials for it, put out some social media following and, um, you know, basically sold a, a shit ton of, uh, fake shoes, you know, $30 shoes for $640. How would you feel? Like, like if you walked in, I, I don't know. I'm not too into the shoe game. You know what I'm saying? Like I would, I think I'd spend probably, I went to Banana Republic has the best shoes. I think. I so, spent, so like, what if like you bought, like you bought Payless shoes, $35 shoes. I probably like, wouldn't. No, no, but like, let's say like, you let's did. say I did. Like I'd feel pretty embarrassed. I would too. I definitely would. And I think it gets to a certain, there's a threshold of like, you shouldn't do, like, don't. Yeah, but I mean, there's a, there's clearly a discrepancy, like, in the fashion market. If that, if that just happened. That's true. Right? Streetwear. Yeah, what's Streetwear, happening? Streetwear, branding, you know, people are buying Personal name. brands. Yeah, I mean, think about Nike, bro. Like, their, their shirts, shoes, and sweatpants aren't that much better than Adidas. But they've their branding brand. is insane. Yeah. Right? I think it's our job to talk more about how they've created these strategies you know, if we're going to put out this podcast, I think it's our job to kind of not talk about the shit that, you know, everyone is going to read about and not consume the real kind of value behind why these things are so sophisticated and why they're literally PR geniuses. They're, you know, business model geniuses. They're putting out, uh, they're using influ. Who would have thought Payless would use influencer marketing? No one. No one. Exactly. And that's why they did it. And that's why no one guessed that their $35 shoe was going for that much. But I don't know if Payless still has a soul. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Just was a different kind of shot? fashion statement, dude. Okay. Like, they, they filed for bankruptcy in 2017. They came, did they come out of it? Well, I mean, after selling that, <laughs> are you know? after that stunt they did? So they no, they they closed six hundred and seventy stores. Oh, the um, Amazon effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you know, it's it's uh, it's going to be a shift in their market as well. I mean, I think that was their last kind of uh, saving, you know, saving grace of uh, trying to make sure that they stay afloat. But I don't know. After six hundred and seventy stores, I don't know how many fake luxury designer influencer marketing shoes you can sell <laughs> yeah no but i mean i guess they did they did reimburse the influencers okay so i would feel a little bit better about myself yeah. you know at that point yeah but i also might feel worse yeah exactly so yeah i don't know interesting strategy yeah uh, something to you know consider well hopefully jenner if you're still driving to montana what was that like an hour it wasn't an hour, was it? That was probably like. How long have we been going? We've been going for thirty-one minutes. Thirty. That's a streak. That's a streak. If you guys are not asleep and still listening, please give us a like. Throw it up there. Subscribe to what's it called on podcast? Subscribe. Uh, like, follow, do like, it, like, do whatever it allows you to do to us. 
<laughs> do whatever you want and hopefully we'll be back next week we really appreciate you guys tuning in one jenner if you're listening to this hopefully that 30 minutes was the best 30 minutes of your next 17 hours <laughs> you could uh, throw it on repeat too yeah throw it on repeat it wouldn't to hurt repeat, to yeah. uh, go through this stuff one more time but basically we're going to wrap it up Basically, yeah. first podcast number one, I'd say it went uh, better than I expected. Yeah, throw us, our, throw us your feedback. You can hit us up personally um, on Altitude University. Um, you know, anything that you'd want to hear from us, um, just from our experiences, um, and get your uh, weekly dose of Ben and Brando. The dose. the dose. Leave us a review. Leave us a good review. If, yeah. if you liked it, leave us a review. If, if you didn't like it, try again next week. Try again next week. Come back. We'll be back. Yeah, we'll we'll be see you on the next episode of The Dose. 